good evening. This goes out to all the sexy people on a hot date right now, experiencing that new exciting chemistry, those warm tingly feelings, the anticipation of that first passionate kiss. Ooh, that didn't go as planned, did it? Another bad date? Don't worry, it wasn't in vain. All bad dates lead to great stories, and we want to hear them. Join with our new hosts and guests as they regale you with tales of their own dating disasters and lend an ear to yours. You'll also get advice from professional counselors, sex therapists, celebrities, and fellow daters to help you navigate through that crazy jungle of love. It's funny, it's sexy, it's unfiltered, live, and unscripted. It's The Bad Date Show. Hola, mi gente. This is Noelle Romero with The Bad Date Show coming at you live. We've got a beautiful panel tonight. We've got Kylie from Vegas joining us for the first time, Mark from Philly, Giovanni from L.A., Phoenix from uh remind me phoenix is from uh, i'm from new york and i live in la okay so she's you're moving back right so well i'm gonna be by coastal i'm gonna live both places awesome phoenix is a badass rapper so we'll find an opportunity for that Mm -hmm. um thank you story for joining us from la as well um we're so excited to have all you guys tonight i want to jump in i was thinking today about you know turn-ons and turn-offs and I know really quickly when my date walks in the door, it is a turn on or a turn off just by how he walks. And I was kind of thinking of, you know, what is panty dropping hot? You know, if this this guy or gal walks in and he's just, you know, absolutely sexy, what is that going to be for me? And I know for me, the first time I check is his walk. If he's taking little short steps and looks nervous and has his head down, I'm already going, oh, no, I already start, you know, drawing conclusions and. Yeah, I don't really like doing that handshake. I think that's super odd. And in Colorado, people are starting to wear a mask again. So that intro, he might be wearing a mask. So it's just super awkward. So, I mean, I'm just hoping that my date can come in and and have that kind of nice walk, nice talk, smell good, taste good. And hoping he has that smile that just makes me want to kiss him at the end of the date. But I know in like 15 seconds if I'm attracted to him. What about you guys? I mean, what is that? that factor that x factor where you're going oh man this person is exactly what i thought or even more so what are the turn ons for you guys what about you phoenix when you're when you're going to go on a first date what are the first signs you're looking for like this is going to be epic this is going to be a good date what are you looking for for that first date i'm looking for someone who is intentional I want to know that you're looking forward to it as much as I am. I want to know that there's some type of plans and alignment that we're not just going to wing it. And I also, a red flag for me is instantly when you try to get me somewhere very private. I recently had someone be like, yeah, we should hang out. I book, I get hotel rooms. And I'm just like, why would that be the first place that I want to hang out with you? So as well as positive things, I'm also looking for red flags that make may make me want to cancel the date altogether yeah like what's a red flag for you where he walks in or she walks in and you're going oh shit is there anything that you're looking for that you're hoping like for me it's like i had a guy show up for a date and he was real late he goes sorry i had to find a ride and i was already going oh shit this guy doesn't even have a car 
uh, that was already for me kind of a red flag and then turned out he was unemployed, which for me is an epic turnoff if you don't have a job. I mean, I know everybody's struggling with the pandemic, but for me, that's also a red flag. What about you, Story? When when your date walks into the bar or restaurant, what are you hoping for for it to be like, oh man, slam dunk, she is hot. Chemistry. And uh, yeah, it's it's really just chemistry. Because there's no, ex- I've learned if I try to expect anything else that, you know, the world just tosses me the unexpected. Um, I yeah. remember before one of my longest um, relationships, uh, I used to think I was going to love green or blue eyes. But one of my longest relationships actually at, was it happened to be a girl with brown eyes. And just uh, there was still just some quality about her eyes, which I just loved because it was just the chemistry between us was still yeah, yeah. yeah, there's like, you can't make that up, right? I've noticed um, there, there, there's there been dates where, you know, we go to hug and just in the hug, I start feeling like, oh, geez, there's just no chemistry. And then they start to talk, even the voice. Have you noticed when uh, people call you, even that also, you can kind of feel the chemistry on that first call. Like first there's a texting and then there's chemistry over the phone call. And then you have that first date and that moment they walk in the door. Maybe I've watched too many movies, but I want them to walk in the door and be like, I am so lucky to be out with this man. Damn. And then he walks towards you and you're going, okay, this this is this is it. Then there's that first kind of exchange. And then your intro kind of shows like the record, you know, like stopping. And sometimes it's the opposite experience. How about you, Giovanni? What about you? Uh, turn-ons, you know, your, your date walks in and you're meeting for the first time. What are you looking for? You know, I think it's really cool when, you know, if you're meeting, especially at a restaurant or bar or whatever, and yeah, you see the person's walking from across the parking lot and you guys connect and you connect eyes and then there's this big giant smile and then she starts to walk faster towards me. I think it's just something really cool. It's like you can sense right away, all right, it may not be a connection in the long run, but you know right then and there, all right, this person's really interested and I'm already I'm already excited about it and I'm already open, no reservations, and I can tell if nothing else, at least that initial uh, meeting is going to go very well. Yeah, there's like that initial spark. I feel like you can't force that. You know, we, we talk about pheromones a lot and chemistry on the show, but... Um, I noticed real quickly, you know, there's like this kind of vibe. There's this chemistry. Mark, you're nodding your head. Uh, what about you? You know, sh- you know, she walks in and and there's that moment you're going, damn, this is one sexy woman. I'm the luckiest bastard in this bar. Uh, what is what is that woman going to look like? What's that turn on factor for you? Well, let me cut that. I haven't been in the dating world for about six years, but I was in the dating world for a very, very long time. I, I, I want people to know that. Um, I, you know, when a, when a woman walked through the door, and I, as I stated before, I start at the bottom and work my way to the top. Most guys start at the top and work their way to the bottom, which means I'm a leg man. You know, leg and booty. And if she had probably, legs right? like Miss Fitness America. Well, nah, front, you know, she had legs like Miss Fitness America. I'm in. I'm man, in. You're the leg yeah. man, huh? And then I work up. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the leg man. My friends used to make fun of me all the time. You're a leg man? Yeah, I'm a leg man. I I, I could care less if she was. You had a butterface, right, Mark? Everything butterface? Everything butterface is looking good. <laughs> you know, uh,. Uh, do they do? They, why do they always say "but her face"? What about "but his face"? 
Right. That's what I was going to add. Yeah. I've had those. I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> like, oh, man. Nice. Mark doesn't care as long as her body's like Jane Fonda. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, you know, on some of these dating apps, he just shows his abs. But a face. But a face. Well, isn't it but his face? You know, there's got to be right. like a, a term, yeah. right? I'm a leg. I was a leg and teeth. I was a leg and teeth man. Oh, leg and teeth. Well, teeth is like hygiene. You know, Giovanni leg, and I were talking leg about and that. Leg teeth, man. I'm a teeth person. All I could care less if she was a, I could care less. I could care less if she was a 32A or a 36D. I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I, I could care less about that. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. From the itty titty, itty titty bitty committee, I would like to thank you. <laughs> You know, boobies, boobies are boobies, you know? Uh, wait a I used to say more than a handful was too much. <laughs> That's it. I like your style. So, yes, Phoenix is right. I'm, I'm, I could be part of the Itty Bitty Titty Club. Okay, Itty Bitty Titty Club, you know, is one thing. But what about the Bad Breath Club? I mean, oh, no. I, I can't do it. I can't do it because then mm. I think your breath is going to taste foul, man. You ain't getting no no kisses at the end of the date, which, I mean, there's another thing. You know, when you're ordering something, you don't want to order something with, like, garlic or something. I'm kind of hoping if I if he does have good teeth, I'm not going to order something with garlic because what if you're that person where, <sighs> you know, what a turn off when they go in to kiss you and their hot <laughs> breath smells like a trash can. <laughs> No thanks, no thanks. Hey Kylie, I want to hear from you. What are your epic turn-ons for like that first date? What is that moment where they walk in and they've got that wow factor? What do you like? I gotta reiterate kind of what you have already said. Like the confidence is a big one, but um, I think it's really important to have a good balance with the humility too. Somebody who can laugh at themselves. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. 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 I'm like, I, I think there's plenty of, of folk boys out there right now that are willing to toot their own horn. And it, I think it takes like a real man to laugh at himself or take him down a notch and make himself more pro. Too many, oh. you know, they love their muscles more than their girlfriends. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's expound on that. So, uh, there's kind of this, this term out there nowadays. Um, I call it douchebag or fuckboy. Uh, these guys on the apps, a lot of times they're showing their abs and not a whole lot of their face or like their back is turned and they're showing their lats or they're showing like their big old muscles yeah, or whatever. Yeah, like not even a face pic anymore. And I'm like, do those abs come on the date? Like, am I just going to go like, am I, am I going to go out with your abs? Is he going to show up shirtless? And what is your face? I mean, like, how am I going to, but hopefully they're not going to be exposed. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Cause, cause like women, I know like they kind of flaunt their assets. So like if a woman is going to flaunt her assets on a dating app, it's going to probably be tits or ass, right? If she's going to be like, hey, look how sexy I am. But they're in a bikini and chances are you're not going to have your first date out on a beach. So I'm kind of hoping that your picture and you, how you look in person is going to kind of reflect. And I've gotten kind of jaded because I've had those dates. Have you guys ever had those dates where they look a certain way on their photos and then they walk through the door and you're, you're looking at the photo like, no, no. That's called the catfish. You've been catfished? <laughs> yes, the catfish. For those that don't know what catfishing is, Phoenix, do you mind telling a little bit of our audience uh some people are really new to the dating scene what is catfishing and how do you think it can be avoided because that is happening a lot right now okay well catfishing for me the easiest ways for me to tell that someone is catfishing is usually because we live in a photo obsessed society so most people are taking tons of photos so usually when someone has a limited amount of photos sometimes they may only have selfies there are no like 
other random photos in other places or it may look really distorted or grainy because they may have a screenshot it a screen took a screenshot from someone else's profile but there are two different types of catfishing there's a catfishing where you steal someone's identity and you pretend to be someone you're not and then there are catfishes of people who live in time capsules and they show you pictures from 1997 <laughs> when they were probably physically fit or yeah. oh better, I'll say taking better care of themselves because preference is, is objective. But I'll say they were taking better care of themselves and that's what you assume is what they look like presently and they don't. Yeah. I call that the false advertiser who pretends he's one thing. Uh, you know, we've talked about lying uh, on your profile. So obviously a phishing scam is a straight up lie because it's a scam. Uh, but a lot of people are lying about their age bracket. They're lying about their height, their weight. Um, and, and, you know, we're talking with Lori, uh, she is, uh, from our sister show, uh, she's a dating expert, a published writer. And she was saying, Hey, you know, maybe even just right from the get go, you want to number one, be honest and number two, say what you want. Right. Story. Tell me, have you had any bad dates recently? Ever you had a situation where you met a woman on an app and she had been something else? Have you had any dating app experience story? What has your overall dating experience been in LA? So break that down for us. Well, honestly, I have a huge resentment towards um, dating through the app world and dating apps in such period because 90% of what I found is either that where it's a catfish where it's some like old person something like that where you show up and it's just like this is you you weren't this in your pictures it's like you know it, it just no or it ends up uh, or it's just like these people next thing you know they're trying to get me to go to these sites or be like oh I'm a I'm a cam girl come watch my shows or you know this oh. or that and it's just like it's like no it's like i'm trying to actually meet people actually start have social whatever and it's like i don't find that looking online um it, everything i've found has just been under pleasing um yeah, yeah. well i feel like dating and please chime in with me i feel like when i started dating again after being married i had a shift through the bullshit. there was so much fake fake people so many bad dates and and it's it's just a mess out there story don't you think dating's worse than it's ever been i i give slight credit to the fact that because of not having this i also have chose never to actually pay for any of these dating apps and stuff and i'm sure there's probably some where if you go pay for some of these other dating apps i'm sure maybe there's different results but um but just in looking at the free world of dating you know dating apps at least that's the experience Kylie, would you expound on that? Do you guys think that it's possible to find some love like online? Maybe let's just say that they, it was just more of like a communication forum, like a Facebook, for, but for dating. Because I've heard a lot of romantic stories of people falling in love and not really knowing what the other person looked like. And yet the relationship ended up being successful. And that's, I guess, my idea of what success in online dating would look like is that they're not broadcasting their appearance but that they connect genuinely as people you know by communicating all the time sort of like pen pals <laughs> i don't know but you know there is i think that when we put that factor of you know putting our faces out there putting our abs out there it's when we make appearances you know the most important thing and we put it on the pedestal that's when things tend to go south as far as reaching a real connection with somebody i mean it could be successful but it's because we're out there selling our goods superficial yeah 
The hard part is if it comes naturally, because if it doesn't come naturally and you say something like that, though, it makes it horrible. But like, imagine trying to say that to somebody. If somebody tells you, hey, I don't want to meet, I just want it to be verbal. The first thing in your head, because that was had to be said, is going to be, oh, that means they probably look horribly. Or maybe they're planning to meet, but I'm saying, would you take the chance to actually get to know someone before meeting in person? If that's the standard, if that's the first thing said, I feel like it's a setup. I feel like it's because someone already knows that if they showed their look, I mean. So, so I want to I want to bring this back just for a second. Uh, Giovanni uh, brought up a show. Uh, Giovanni, remember the name of that show where you don't get to see them right off the bat, and you're talking through this like yeah, semi. Is that like there's is that was it called? It's like there's a lot of dating shows out right now. Sexy beasts, they wear masks, and it's the whole principle is you put your looks aside and you're you're dating some personality. Yeah. Well, the dating game back in the '60s and '70s was the same way. Yeah, same principle there. Same principle, and and that's why I think the dating apps are so based on this like supposedly physical attraction. When you know there's a filter, it's airbrushed, right. it's an old photo, uh, versus the other way of going about this would be you don't even know what they look like. Uh, I don't know. Can you tell a lot by the sound of their voice? I mean, I know there's been some voices where they call, and I'm like, eh. <laughs> like I already know because his voice sounds like Pee Wee Herman, and I'm like, or Cookie Monster. There were like old skits of like you know the sexy phone line worker and she's really like somebody's grandma smoking a cigarette <laughs> well this is the thing i have two i have two uh moments of introspection the one the one question i have and this is this is more about of interpretation there's no no right or wrong answer and that question is is based on the aesthetics of what you believe you are attracted to if you were to converse with someone and get to know someone without seeing them do you yourself believe that the person spiritually and soul wise looks like the person you physically think you should be with and then there's another thing the world we live in is so shallow that a lot of people are actually attracted to people you wouldn't believe they're attracted to. So there are certain people who are living their life by the standards of other people and not necessarily what they're genuinely attracted to. They just don't want to deal with the judgment of other people based off the things that they're attracted to. So a lot of times like by her saying, if you got to know somebody and talk to them, I think the bigger question is, is do you believe the person that you physically are attracted to has the spirit of the person you think is right for you? And sometimes those are two different things. And I think some people make peace with that and some people don't. You know what I think it comes down to for me? Are we on dating apps looking for connections or are we on dating apps looking for hookups? I think there should be two separate types of dating apps. I guess that's the no. difference between eHarmony and Tinder though, right? <laughs> Are you looking for your forever <laughs> or are you looking for that physical? I would love if I actually got to talk to them, but 90% of these dating apps, you don't actually talk. You don't never hear their voice. It's messages, which could be done by a computer, could be done by anything. And right. really that's why it gets tiring getting to know somebody because there's a hundred of people trying to get to know on this. It's like, I want to see who wants more than just something on the phone or on the computer. And until I can see a, a progression, right. at least towards desiring that, I just, I feel like I'm still being scammed while I'm, while it's only messages. Well, I mean, that's totally up to the individuals involved. You can exchange phone numbers, you know? I mean, that comes down to you talk to them. If they feel like there's a connection, they can send you their snap code. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> no, I think, it, I think it goes back to effort and consistency. Like, 
You know when someone's interested in you just by their consistency and their effort. I don't think an app, I don't like apps. I've tried them. I'm not successful with them because I'm a more connection. I need to feel you. So I like, I'm old school. I want to go somewhere, you know, COVID safe and see you from across the room. And now it's even scarier because people have masks on. So they could be attracted from the nose up (laughs) and then they take the mask off. <laughs> and now you all in for You can have the whole day, and then they they pull down their mask, Nothing. and they have no teeth. <laughs> you take it off, and your teeth is like. Yeah. Now I feel stuck between the rock and the heart. Yeah, you know, I want to go back to what Phoenix said. I think that's really, really valuable. So we're talking about this soul connection, and uh, I really wish there were two separate apps and I wish they would just say what they are like number one uh this is going to be a place for hookups and I know a lot of people that's what they want so let's let the hookup people hook up with the hookup people and fantastic right Right. and then there's the other people that are looking for something a little more serious story I want to hear from you because I know you're a very spiritual guy you want that soul like spiritual you're a musician as well see that's interesting story and phoenix for those of you that don't know they're both musicians so is Giovanni and I feel like musicians and from the East Coast. Yeah. That's a fact. Yeah. East Coast soul people, right? So, you know, I think that's gonna be chasing dreams to the West, you know. Right. Would you say story that, you know, when you meet somebody and there's like this soul connection, like how can you explain? Like, because if I say to somebody who doesn't understand that, they're they're gonna want me to explain. What do you mean a soul connection? What does that mean to you? Because you're very like wear your heart on your sleeve type of guy. I can tell that already. What is that? element i know it's hard to explain because it's a feeling but what is that feeling that you get when you feel like that soul level has kind of been reached with a woman i feel like the question nowadays i ask when i'm with people is do i do i enjoy being there and do i want to be with that person and that's the reason i think anyone should be anywhere and continue to be somewhere a lot of people go through these relationships and they're at a point where i think if they stopped and asked themselves that question they'd realize they don't really want to be in the relationship in the spots that they're at so i think a lot of us should like ask ourselves that more and really try to figure out where we want to be so we can build a life we're actually happy in instead of a life where we have to double question everything um just right. you know be, do that be pure in the moment realize that yes we make faults but you realize as long as you're pursuing and looking for the right thing have faith that you will find it and then actually be with people genuinely and purely for that reason because you enjoy being around them because you love their energy because you love their spirits they make you just you know happy to be around they make you feel better make your life seem more interesting you know uh, I also think uh, when I think of soul connection uh, Giovanni I want to hear from you on this ease for me kind of shows me that there's a connection and you and I have talked about the dating apps as well and and for me when I feel resistance and I'm trying really hard and I feel exhausted trying to connect with another human that to me is an indicator that there there's not a soul connection uh for me a soul connection also has this really fluid kind of just easy to be around type of person what do you think Giovanni how can you tell that there's a connection besides yeah she's hot you mean on an app? I, I deleted my, I, I was only on hinge and I actually deleted my account the other day. Uh-huh. I, I've re well, I've reinstated it 
you know, occasionally, but I found myself actually feeling neurotic because it's all so contrived and it's so inorganic. Um, I think too many people are on there, not just for window shopping, but to be window shopped. A lot of people just like the idea of being looked at and contacted with apps. I, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've seen somebody say on an app, say, listen, uh, I'm not interested in going out, so don't even bother me. And, and then I wanted to write, well, what the hell are you doing here? Yeah. But then, doing right, so what are you doing here? But then it just, it, it, I, I, it, they answered my own question. When you look at the pictures and, you know, it's like, it's so funny. We're talking about women in bikinis. I can't tell you the amount of women that say, you know, uh, not here for hookups, but they're showing their butt, showing their boobs. And then they say they love Jesus. It's like, it's all, it's all so contrived. And it's, it's actually, it's, it's so exhausting. It is exhausting. And that's why I want to kind of go back to the soul thing. I think you can very much be Christian and be able to be sexual. You know, there's. Thank you. Thank you, Story. Because I consider myself very cautiously not religious, but Christian. But Christian women out there, for those of you who are listening, you are allowed to be sexy. Christian men out there, you're allowed to be sexy. And what is sexy to me, and please tell me what you guys think. To me, somebody that's spiritual, that knows who they are, that knows what they believe. Because when I ask somebody on a date, where do they stand? Like, do you believe in God? You know, what is your spiritual, you know, life like? Because I don't want to be the person to fill their cup. I don't want to be the person to, you know, make them feel good. And if you have a date that is always having a crisis, there's always, you're always making them feel better for some reason, watch out. Because now you are the fixer. Now I've found if, if I have like a spiritual connection and they have some sort of way of grounding themselves and that's different for everybody. You know, like you don't ask on a date, are you grounded? But the opposite of grounding is kind of what Giovanni was saying is like that neurotic kind of vibe where she's kind of all over the place. Uh, that's not sexy to me. And so I think what we're all kind of getting at is what is attractive besides what meets the eye. Kylie, you had mentioned that you had a tough journey to where you're at now. You're happily engaged now. Congratulations. I would love to hear, if you don't mind sharing with us, a little bit of how did you know that you found Mr. Right? And did dating a few of the, you know, kissing the frogs is what, you know, we always say. Did kissing uh -huh. the frogs or going out with the kind of dirt bags help you appreciate the man that you have would you be willing to share any of those stories with us this evening yeah i mean absolutely and it totally does i think that you know the suffering or you know the the ill relationships that i've been through in the past have really opened my eyes as far as appreciating and recognizing what i have currently and it's kind <laughs> of you know like the old adage you don't know what you've got until it's gone True. and um yeah i i think that I can tell that he's the keeper. He's the one because, like you said, the ease, the connection, it just is. It, there is no thinking about it. Um, yeah. It's effortless. Uh, the sense of humor is there. You know, the, that's really mm -hmm. crucial for me personally. Someone who, who can say sorry and can admit when they're wrong is yeah. so important for me because I'm willing to put myself out there and make myself vulnerable in that way. And yeah. to have it reciprocated is something you don't realize is so crucial until... You know, either you don't have it or you experience it for the first time. So we talk about like a soul connection. Would you would you share with us how you feel 
um, when you have a soul connection with somebody, you talked about ease. Could you unpack that some more for us and just kind of tell us from your personal experience how you know, like, besides the fact, I mean, obviously, you, you wouldn't be a, a, engaged if he wasn't attractive. So there's obviously like initial attraction. You well, talked about it. Like ease. a funny story. We, we were high school sweethearts um, together for a long time, about seven years. And then we broke up, went our separate ways. Um, I kissed a few frogs, like you said. Mm -hmm. And somehow, like, I feel like life just brought us back together. And the craziest mm -hmm. thing is all of that connection, all of that chemistry, it was just still there. And wow. it just flowed right back in like like a river, you know, yeah. with a dam being really, it was just, it was right there again. It was so crazy. And the, the best way I could describe it is, um, understand i guess it's communication is super important and what it comes down to is this is someone that i'm not afraid to tell anything about myself and to share all my secrets with and he's so open to me laying my cards out and he does the same and i think that it comes down to being met halfway emotionally being able to trust one another and feeling feeling vulnerable you know and seeing him do the same it's super important yeah. So you obviously had a list of things that, you know, you didn't want. What are those experiences you had before him? Like, I know for me, I had a date and, you know, we saw each other a few times and he just was not emotionally available. I could just tell, I mean, he was sexy. He was smart. He was funny. All these things. But when it came to talking about, like, I feel like even those words, I, he'd be like, what are we in therapy? Yeah, I've had that same experience. And, you know, it comes down to the individual that you're speaking to, I think. Because I've tried these same tactics that work now in my relationship currently, failed me miserably in a previous relationship. But what it came down to is he was an asshole. And sometimes they're not available, you know, they're just not. And they can say that, you know, that's a cliche line, but you know what? Women can be just as emotionally unavailable as men. And mm -hmm. we can gaslight and we can be just as evil, you know? But I think that's an individual's behaviors and the connection is there with the people who are open to it. And by being open yourself and by being genuine, by being sincere, you're going to increase your chances of meeting that person. You yeah. know, that's right for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, failed relationships are definitely learning experience. It's so important. Like you got to learn what you do and don't want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You gotta know going in. Kylie, you mentioned gaslighting. Could you explain what that means? And then panel, if you want to come in and say, have you experienced a situation where whether there's gaslighting or red flags, what were those things where you know pretty quickly this date is never happening again? What are those experiences or do you want to share? Uh, Kylie, would you start uh, with gaslighting and even what that means for our audience? Um, I, I don't really know if this is going to be a great example of gaslighting, but it is something that was intended to make me feel crazy or unhinged for reacting the way I did. Um, an ex-boyfriend of mine who actually was very abusive and made me very miserable for too long. In the beginning, there were so many what you'd call red flags. And one of them was that I had a birthday party planned for celebrating with my family and some friends. And uh, we had just started dating a couple weeks prior. And I thought it was kind of strange, but he just randomly wanted to go for a drive up into the mountains, like the day before the party. And 
you know, he was like, well, we might not make it back tonight. We might not make it back tomorrow. And I was like, okay, this guy's tripping. Like he just was so reluctant to let me spend any type of quality time with family and friends, even right from the beginning of the relationship coming in and trying to like drive himself like a wedge between myself and people that were close to me. And so like end of the story, um, that night we were supposed to be driving home and back, you know, down near the city out of the mountains in time for the party the next day. And he ended up getting us caught in a snow drift. And I spent three days trying to survive out in the snow with this crazy guy who was just (gasps) at that time, I didn't realize so, so consumed by jealousy and fear of me having a, you know, close or healthy relationship with people other than him. And I didn't see it that way in the beginning. I was like, oh my God, he was so romantic, spontaneous. And looking back on it now, it was like, it was literally anything to keep me from people that were close to me, you know? And that is something that's huge. Anytime if you start in a relationship that they co- they try to come between you and your family or your friends, then that's a huge red flag. And it's yeah. something I wish I could, you know, go back and tell myself. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that one's crucial. But then after the after the whole situation happened, he actually tried to make me feel crazy. I was upset about it. And I'm like, did you do this on purpose? Because I feel like you did this on purpose. No, no. Why would you think that of me? Wow, you're a terrible person. To, that must be what's on your mind. You know, and I'm like, okay. And I fell right into that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is classic gaslighting. So think of an, like an experience where, you know, he shows up and he smells like perfume or has like, you know, blonde hair in his jacket and you're like, you know, redhead or whatever. And you're like, uh, and you ask, and then you end up looking like the bad guy and he actually comes at you. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that can really kind of go back to the whole dating thing. You know, I know I've missed red flags. They say the first four months of dating, you see what you want to see, especially if there's sex involved. I think, um, so true. Rose tinted glasses. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I know, you know, for me being a straight woman, um, if I meet this guy who has this really cool masculine energy and he t- happens to be really hot and really confident, uh, I start to start to kind of just see what I want to. And then those love hormones kind of die out. And then it's, oh my God, <laughs> you know, and now we're talking about like the COVID mask, but now it's like a double mask thing. It's like the facade of who you are in the dating scene. Um, and we've talked about that first date a little bit on here. And I want to ask Phoenix specifically, um, as far as dating culture goes, do you feel like people show up wearing a mask, you know, and I'm not talking about the COVID mask, I'm talking like an actual, like, you know, that facade. Do you feel like people are coming into these dates with kind of like that saunter of, Hey, this is my first date kind of role playing. Or do you think nowadays people are like, you know what? Screw it. I'm so sick of the bullshit. Here's all my cards. You like it or you don't. Where, where are you at with all that? I think, I think sometimes people can 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 sway from one extreme to the next. I think there are people who are super, super superficial and fake about everything. But I think those are also people who have identity crisis. I don't think that they're specified to just dating. I think that they just move in life like that. There are people who just always feel the need to feel validated by other people. I think as far as dating... People wear masks, but not so much masks that they feel they need to be, but masks of like what they feel like they need to be for the other person to like them. And again, this comes back to our previous conversation about a lot of times people just want to be aligned with people they think aesthetically looks good to them. Because I'll be honest, like I dated someone for a while and um, we got like drafted by some producers to uh, be a part of like a dating show. 
And I know a part of the reason they wanted us on the show was just because they liked the way we looked together. I don't think that they cared about if we had a functioning, healthy relationship, if we were dating properly. I think they just like the aesthetic. And I think a lot of people are caught up in like, we'll look good together for Instagram and Facebook. And if I have a baby with this person, we'll be a nice family. But they're not really getting into the nooks and the crannies. That is so true. Like literally to the point of reproducing and creating new human beings with the intent of the aesthetic and literally not the child. And that's so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're missing out on real human connections because we're more concerned with a look than what actually is Phoenix. Absolutely. And and why do you think that is Phoenix? What has created that toxic dating environment? What do you blame? Well, we've 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 watered down what love is, you know, like you have, you have everything. Most things are like extreme. Like you have people who are anti-marriage and they go into history about, you know, marriage was about trading and it was about money and it wasn't really even about love. Marriage wasn't, it didn't start off being about love. It started off being about an exchange of money and goods, right? A contract. Now in this day and age, it's, it's trickled down and it's evolved to supposedly supposed to be about love and tr commitment and making a commitment to build a life together with someone else. And, and the real honor in that is that you could be doing other things, but you're choosing to stick this situation out because you believe this person is worth the investment. And I think a lot of culture and society has watered down the significance of it, like real intimacy, real connection. Most people, when they actually experience real love and connection are scared. They yeah. actually sabotage it. Yeah. And then they yeah. complain later on that they're meeting all these people that they can't connect with. But then when they had a connection, they sabotaged it or they started acting crazy or they got paranoid or they got possessive mm -hmm. and they scared the person away. And so it's like it's always us kind of teetering between extremes of like looking for the right things, but then kind of getting sucked into it and then sabotaging the good things and kind of like losing no, a grip of what's important and what really matters. Historia, please, please uh, go ahead. Um, yeah, I think that's because a lot of people are just so tied in. Um, they, they're so tied into finding that other person where they still haven't found their own identity. And I think that's where it really goes into, too, is, is are you, da that do you even so true. know your own identity? I mean, how can you know what's going to be best for you and what you actually need in your life? If you don't know your own identity. And a lot of people are in such bad spots because they started dating before they knew their identity. They're coming into knowing themselves, realizing that the, the life they built has nothing to do with where they want to go. And that's where things are really hard, where your identity is. And so many people along this lost trail, when they are, they're trying to tie their identity to materialistic things and such like that. And that's where a lot of my faith and everything goes and spiritual and such like that is just tying your identity to, you know, more metaphysical things. It's so true, especially in these younger generations, like the 20-somethings the right now, they're so caught up on not being the single one in the family or not being the single one in general that, right. you know, they're kind of throwing aside that whole concept of what is fulfilling to me and who am I without that somebody who is never really going to be as perfect as they like to pretend and envision anyway, you know? Right, right. It's that pressure. And sometimes your partner is and you're not ready. What about that? 
Sometimes we find the right person and we're not ready. Hey, that that scares me still because I still have people from the past that I has a big part of my heart. Oh yeah, so that scares yeah. me. Yeah. So let's 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 unpack that, Phoenix. So I've heard uh, men tell me before, Noelle, you are like the girl next door. I really like you. You are the right person at the wrong time. Have you ever heard that phrasing, Phoenix? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? And, and are you just totally screwed? I'm always I'm always the girl after two or three girlfriends I'm I literally still communicate with most of the people I've dated but that's because a foundational friendship is very important to me so I'm always really good friends with any person I date so when we break up most likely we still are going to be friends unless it's a super toxic breakup and we don't need to speak which is super rare with me because usually we'll come to a consensus together that the relationship is getting bad before it gets horrible but like they always after two or three girls they're just like i should have stuck it out and and i'm just like you didn't want to do the work Mm -hmm. and then they want me to take them back and i'm not interested because i'm very like i don't go back yep 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 do you blame now i want to hear all of you guys uh viewpoint on this uh you know how nowadays if you don't like somebody they got on your skin you do block delete or delete block on your phone you can do that with facebook you can block them you know on all the time (laughs) you can block them on your phone list like i've had fights i've been like screw you man block delete and then weeks later i can go and check if they've messaged me because i'm that's stupid because I blocked uh, him. And then we end up unblocking. Do you think the block delete culture has cultivated, you know what, give up on the relationship, you know, just throw it out? Has has our technology of blocking and deleting affected our dating Phoenix? Yeah. Yeah. I think, and then there's, there's just so many other distractions. I think I think the elephant in the room is that people have got to this place where they feel like there's always something better. Like they get something really good, but no, there's gotta be something better. And I found the person that treats me like a queen, but there's gotta be one with more money. It's like, we start to, we try to find little nitpick certain things that's wrong and always have a reason to not stay committed to something. It's specifically when it gets difficult, people don't want to stick things out. They don't want to have to work at something. They want it to be effortless. And that's not love. Even the best love requires work. It requires sacrifice. It requires compromise. There are going to be certain things y'all are not going to see eye to eye. But if you really care about this person, you're going to want to figure it out if they're worth it. I was right. curious your thoughts because you mentioned though those people that got away and such like that and that you think about it. So what? So what? So is there somebody from the past though that maybe things just didn't work out because of timing, not because of anything wrong? Like they're still on a pedestal to you, and you to you can't see how you're not on a pedestal to them, and it's just things didn't work out, and uh, you know. And how would so, how would you be? How would something like that be able to be mended, or is it in, unmendable at that point? That's such a good story. What do you guys think? Can can the one that got away is the wrong time? It takes maturity because the person who was ready has resentment and the person who, who ran has guilt. And so even if we come back together, I have to be willing to work through my guilt if I'm the person that left you. And you have to be willing to get over your resentment. So that's really like an unpacking for both of you. Right. If you can, if you're mature enough to get past that, you know, maybe even couples therapy, depending on how many things toxic were happening along the relationship. But I think that all depends on degree, the level. I have an ex that um I still kind of have feelings for, I'll be honest. And He's he said some very hurtful things to me. I can't say that I wouldn't take him back. 
But I also would really need to know that he was remorseful and understood how much the things that he said to me really hurt me. Because if not, in the back of my mind, anytime he said something that hurt my feelings, even if it was light, I feel like I would be triggered by the last thing he said. And then it would just have me see this is why, you know, and it would just have us kind of going back into mm -hmm. that. This is why we didn't work out the first time. And, and, and that's kind of just reliving the past over and over. I have one like that because we broke up and there was problem but then there's others i still look into which just which is weird with women i don't know why it's it seemed like the ones that have blocked me have been the ones that there was no excuse for why they left like maybe it was just like maybe timing was wrong or something and they couldn't look at me and say that they didn't love me so it's just like they disappeared instead um mm -hmm. and it's like so, so there's a question mark but i mean there's other ones that i do understand that feeling as well but the but the ones that disappeared like that, that actually um, half the time are the ones that leave something unexplained. And it's like, all right, there, I, you know, there's some feeling there and it's just something going unexplained. And, you know, definitely, I think drives a lot of people crazy. But I, I see both points, I guess. Mm -hmm. I think we all have that person where we don't have the closure, you know, where one person just kind of wasn't ready and the feels were there. And it's so mind blowing because we all go into this dating thing, I think, to look for that connection. And then you both feel it. And I think it's really obvious when it's, you know, fireworks, you know, the soul connection. And then one person goes, oh, shit, I got to show my cards now and they bounce because they're not ready. Now, what happens if they circle back? Phoenix, you said if that person circles back, um, is there anybody that you would you would give another shot? Or would you be like, you know what? Toot toot, this boat has sailed. It's well, done. My first love, honestly. And I still I still communicate. I'm 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 queer, so I've dated men and women. My first love is is a woman and we are still friends. And I just think that I think that she's queer too. Like we both are attracted to men i just don't think she's she's willing to walk in that truth that boldly because it's a cultural thing too like we're not from the same culture and so i don't think she's willing to deal with like her family kind of looking at her a certain way for pursuing a certain lifestyle so i don't think she would take it seriously but i definitely like we both acknowledge that the love is still there that there's still definitely a connection on a spiritual level but again it started with us being best friends and i think for me a solid friendship is always going to be a core and if you ever really share that with somebody that love is always going to be there because you're not only going to think about the relationship but the entire experience that's what hurts most when they leave Oh, yeah. you, lo you lose your best friend. Yep. And that's, yeah. I think that's what people are afraid of. And it's so messed up because listen to the reasoning of this, okay? You are my best friend. And not only are you you're my best friend, uh, sexually, you do it for me too, okay? So emotionally and physically, you do it for me. But the timing's wrong. So you're going you're gonna to lose your, your person because I'm not ready. Peace, I'll be back, maybe. And you're supposed to hold space for this person, you know, so it feels risky. And my point is people are going to this dating, like, hey, I want to find my person. And then they find their person. And what happens? They get freaked out. And and you're going, well, what, why are we doing this? So, so my question, and I just, this is a personal thing for everybody. For me, dating for me 
is looking for love. I'm not looking for necessarily marriage. I'm not looking for a stepdad for my kids. They have a dad. I'm hoping this partner doesn't have a problem with me having kids. So I'm going to say that right off the bat. I am dating for love. I'm not dating to fuck around and to just get laid. I mean, I could do that if I wanted to, but it doesn't resonate for me. That's like fast food. Yeah, I'm looking for that human connection, especially after COVID, right? Most people don't even want to be honest and say which one it is. And that's where the confusion begins. Because yes. sometimes in my life, most right. of, 90% of the time, I want to I wanna love, I want to fall in love 90% of the time. I think that's where people get hurt is they're getting played where you're looking for the connection. They'll tell you they're looking for the connection. And then they're wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, out the door with your heart too. Well, not even that. It's making what's disrespectful about it is not what you desire. It's the fact that you're making the decision for me. sometimes i'm in the same headspace sometimes Mm -hmm. i just want something casual you're not being honest with me and giving me the option to choose whether i want that or not is where the disrespect lies because sometimes you might meet somebody and they go okay yeah let's just kick it yeah so i think it's great to be present because sometimes you can be sometimes that you can fall in love with someone and realize that Sometimes love isn't meant to be everything you maybe want from love, but it doesn't mean there isn't a part of love that you can share while you're going through it. You know, be pure and be intentional about where you're at. Um, And if it doesn't work out when you find that out, you know, you you take those steps at that point. But otherwise, you know, be where you're at, be present, enjoy the moments you had while while making this incredible journey. Because it's still, you know, I think we've talked about the dating world supposed to be kind of fun. You know, there might be some bad things which we are here and hopefully could talk about and learn from but at the same time we got you should enjoy the dating world go embrace it you know realize that you know this is supposed to be a, a fun game because at the end of it you're it's going to be over you're hopefully going to find the one you're going to find someone to explore with unless y'all together start the dating scene later on but hey that's another story have you have you guys ever <laughs> met somebody and maybe not initially there's not that you know deep sexual or physical attraction but then there's a soul connection and then the attraction grows afterwards my fiance actually <laughs> yeah so it wasn't instant for you no not at all and it grew from the friendship like phoenix said it, it blossomed from a friendship it was that we we had that connection it was this person i could be safe with i could tell anything to that i felt trusted me the same and that's where the attraction came from one day i looked at him and all of a sudden i seen him through love's eyes i guess and he was hot i don't yeah. know what happened to me but he was not my type when we first started dating how about you mark uh, when you met your partner that you're with now Wait, was she your friend first? Because you've been with her. You guys survived 2020. You guys have been together a while. Uh, yeah. So was it an initial friendship that kind of sparked into something more? No, nah, we were hot to trot right from the beginning. <laughs> we, 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 yeah, we were. Yeah, we were. We were. We were clawing at each other. You know, uh, we we know what we 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 both knew what we were interested in, and. Uh, it's a funny, uh, um, I'm kind of like in, in Kylie's area where we dated 23 years ago, 22 years ago, and got back together. It's like a, uh, it's like a human interest story, you know. Um, I, I hadn't heard mm-hmm. from her in, ye- in years. And what, <laughs> what happened was my, uh, my father passed away, and she must have read about it in the obituaries. And a couple days later, there's a... Uh, a letter in my mailbox 
I didn't know who, what it was, and I started reading, and, you know, she said, I'm sorry to hear about your father, and uh, she added her email address. I didn't know where her phone number, I didn't know where she lived in the area. I didn't know where, where she was. And obviously, she added her email address for a reason, and yeah. it started up again, you know. But just one thing, one thing what Phoenix said is that, you know, she's still friendly with uh, some of the people that she dated uh, I'm just the opposite. Uh, I don't know where anybody is. I could care less. Uh, I suppose most of them are married by now, and I, I have enough friends. I don't. I don't need any more friends. I think that when you get to that point, it's usually because you waited too long to end the relationship. Because anybody that I genuinely love, I don't want to hate them. So if I ever feel like I'm getting to the extreme where I would feel like I never want to see you again in life then I already waited. I stuck around too long. I let it fester to the point where I literally had nothing left for you. And I have, I have an ex like that too, to be honest with you. But I also know in my heart, it's because I stuck around too long. I allowed them to mistreat me to the point that yeah. I couldn't even find the love. Yeah. Yeah. No? Well, there's this, uh, there's this uh, quote in sex in the city where Carrie Bradshaw says, where did the love go? And what she's getting at is you either love somebody or you didn't. Uh, but if you get to the point where you are unloving somebody, then obviously any type of contact would end up being, you know, toxic, but I am with you, Phoenix. If I see an ex or hear from an ex, I hope they are well, I hope they are happy. Uh, a Christmas card is welcomed. Uh, a, a how are you? A like on a Facebook photo is is totally welcome. Have you guys heard of something called Mercury retrograde? Yeah. No. What is it? What is it? Phoenix, will you explain Mercury retrograde? I don't know if I'm the best person to explain Mercury retrograde. Let's let Phoenix do it. They can either all go in your favor. It's a cosmic energy force, right? Um, and it can either all go in your favor or it could all be very chaotic for you. Yes. And everything yes. can go totally, totally out the loop for you. But there's also the thing I will say about retrograde it's like is a transition, right? It's a it's a lesson in that chaos. Like once yes. you come out of it, it may yep. make no sense why you're going through it. But when you come out of it, you understand what you were supposed to learn from that. Experience. Yeah, That's pretty much life. Yeah. Yeah. So, so to, to break down Mercury retrograde <laughs> is, I think we need to say, unpack that a little bit more story. Mm -hmm. You're a spiritual guy. Do you know anything about uh, Mercury retrograde? I had never heard that term before now, at least not that I so know. Of. I'm going to probably butcher this, but there's a point uh, where Mercury looks like it's turning backwards because where it's aligned with earth. Okay. And so the belief is even though Mercury isn't really going backwards, it looks like it is energetically on our planet. It makes people pop into our lives. You know, there's that scene of ghosting. It's like, let the ghost stay dead. Well, those ghosts kind of come out. And I've had those texts where people that I've kind of forgotten about uh, pop in. And it's just kind of like, hey, what's up? How you doing? It's usually uh, somebody I went on a few dates with. It could be that person that said, hey, Noel, right girl, wrong time. It could be that person. And for me personally, it always happens a couple of them on the same day. So I'm a believer in Mercury retrograde because I don't play with it. It just happens to me where on one day I'll have literally two or three people that I haven't even seen. Sometimes for years, I'll pop up on my Facebook messenger. I'll pop up on an Instagram or somebody will like my Instagram. I even think they were following me. And it's somebody that said I was the woman that got away. So I think there's kind of a, a lesson to be learned there because it's kind of, a, it could first be an ego boost. Like, yeah, 
you know what you lost, you know? I mean, it does kind of boost the ego a little bit, right? But at the same time, uh, you know, there's that, you know, quote of, you know, you can't fix the X, you can't fix stupid. There's a reason why it didn't work out. So just, you know, let the dead stay dead. Um, I, I would love to know if anybody comes back from the past and things actually work where they go, I don't know. What do you think, Mark? Do you think somebody can be in a relationship or like somebody or love somebody and say, hey, it's the wrong time and then come back and have it actually work out? Would you be open to anything like that? I, 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 might, I might be, but I don't know how often that, that happens. I don't think, uh, thinking about my friends and the people I know, uh, that, hasn't, that, hasn't, that hasn't happened. That hasn't happened. No. But, you know, there's one thing that we were talking about. I want to get Phoenix's... Uh, uh, feel on this. We were talking about red flags. Uh, how about a red flag within the first hour when they walk through the door? And I've mentioned this a couple of times and I tell everybody, I'll tell any female, I'll tell any male, and you're in a restaurant, watch how your date treats the waiter or the waitress. That mm -hmm. is simple. It's not yeah, that hard to understand. Yeah. You know, and so the, you know, I had a date and, you know, uh, you know, she's, she said to the waiter right away, within an hour, if it's cold, it's going back. Already, oh. already there's a threat. And uh, again, you know, I mean, you got I mean, you, you can see a red flag within 30 minutes I sometimes. Think anybody who treats other people with that level of disrespect, you got to know at that point that whatever kind treatment they're giving you is more than likely fake or a means to an end, right? Mm-hmm. Right, Totally. Yeah, yeah, you know, so that's, you know, red flags don't happen four dates, five dates, six months down the line. They can happen within the first, in the first hour, first yeah. 15 minutes. So, yeah. you know, that's, uh, what do you think about that, Phoenix? What do you think about that? What do you think about that, Phoenix? Um, one, a turn off for me, like I was saying previously is like, um, I just feel like we're, we're like I'm all about expression and, and sexual liberation but I feel like everything is so over sexualized that that's part of the reason people are distracted from making genuine connections because everybody's just trying to score so like a big red flag for me is like a guy who's always trying to kind of persuade me to do something in a secluded place or away from people or that isn't in public it's like it to me it's a dead giveaway that you're trying to have sex with me right away um, and that's definitely a turn off. And I think the second one is um, I went on a date one time. I went to hang out with this girl. Um, she asked me to come over her house because she was a single mom. And I was talking to her about music. I'm an artist. I make music. That's something I dedicate a lot of my time to. And I was having a conversation with her about she had told me to watch the Beyonce film Black is King. And when I finished watching, I didn't even want to watch it. And then when I was done watching it, I looked at her and I was like, thank you for making me watch this movie because I'm so inspired. And she said to me, why do you always have to talk about music? I want to get to know the real you. Well, music is part of you, isn't it? <laughs> I was utterly insulted. That's my point. You just found out that I'm an artist not too long ago and you could come up with that consensus. Wow. So for me to be on a date with someone who says that they're trying to get to know me and we're hanging out, you tell me to watch something because it's about music. And then when yeah. I tell you it inspires me, you yeah. tell me, why do I have to talk about that? You want to meet the real me as yeah. if I'm giving you a fake version of myself. And I was right. just so insulted. So like... 
any type of condescending nature, condescending com comments, like sarcasm that isn't humor. Because I do like dry humor. I like sarcasm. I, I think I know what pissed you off, Phoenix, is just that she insulted your character. And that's one of those things that it's like a no-no for me, too. It's like once they cross that line, it's really hard to get back that respect or that you know you, you really mistrust somebody once they do you like that like they they yeah. you know judge you based on your character or they make some false yeah. assumption about you or you know without even meaning to she just insulted a huge part of who makes yeah. you you no it got worse the next day so i spent the night and this was because at the time i lived in brooklyn and she lived in a far part of jersey so I was like, well, I'm not going home tonight. Like, it's already like one, two in the morning. I'm not, because it's a whole thing. It's a whole commute. Nevertheless, right. I get up in the morning, I leave. I don't really say too much to her because I'm still a little pissed off by the comment, to be honest. So I get home and a couple of hours later, she texts me and she's like, did you have fun? And one thing I don't do is lie. So I didn't respond to her and say anything. And so she, she later on, she was like, are you mad because we didn't have sex? So not only did you insult my character about music, but then you insult me again and assume the reason I'm not interested in dating you again is because I didn't have sex with you on the first date. And I just was like, yeah, this is like, I'm just going to block you because... Yeah, that I can't it. even <laughs> respond to this. This is pure ignorance. Like That's some bad shit. I don't like yeah, that. like just insulting. Mm -hmm. totally. Yeah, I'm from the East Coast, and that's bad shit. Yeah, like who are you <laughs> talking to? You don't even know me. You're just projecting all of these different assumptions. Exactly, projecting your assumptions on other people. That's the worst. Yeah, for real. And it's like I, I feel like a lot of people do intentionally, or maybe you know, a lot of the times unintentionally bring baggage like that to their you know their next relationship, yeah, like, or their next date. Like you know, a lot of people bring that assumption. Maybe she had some bad experience, but what other people say, I think, says way more about them than it does about you. So I think if you just listen more to what someone's yeah. saying, I think they reflect themselves and what they're saying, where their consciousness. Yeah. You. you if you look at most relationships, the first person to start accusing the other of cheating is usually the person that's cheating. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's yeah, that's yeah. just, you know, it people will reveal themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Story, if, if you're dating a woman and she, you know, you've been dating a bit and you've had the discussion, the exclusive discussion, and to make that crystal clear, to me, the exclusive discussion means that you're not sleeping with anybody else, that this is just us in the bedroom, okay? And then the person you're seeing tells you that when you were out of town and on your gig or whatever, that they, I don't know, got drunk and it didn't mean anything. Uh, but you probably did too, Story, because you were out, you know, doing your show, you know, so it gets projected on you, right? How would you handle? Can you forgive somebody that slept with somebody else when you already decided? There's just if I come back, if I come back, if I come back and she's trying to accuse me, like, like I've had a relationship where it's like she would say everything's my fault. They come back, act like they're mm -hmm. perfect and they didn't do nothing and then are mad at me. Yes, that that would piss me off because it's like, first off, I didn't, if I didn't, might not have done anything. And if I didn't do anything, then, you know, you're mad at me for nothing. And yeah. then it's like trying to lie about what you did. And I don't, I don't like dishonesty and such like that. But if yeah. you come and you're honest, something like that happened, I believe you could build a relationship with that honesty. Um, and that would be showing, obviously, she might not be able to fit in a relationship that's necessarily that stable. Maybe y'all aren't meant to be in something where you are everything to each other sexually. Maybe, you know, 
maybe it tells some signs, but <laughs> people make mistakes, but I don't know what the situation will be. Like, so, but you, but you personally, how would you feel if she had told you she'd be with somebody else? You think it could possibly be salvageable? Could you possibly fix it? Or would you be like one and done once a cheater, always a cheater. Where are you at with that? I believe things could be fixed, but there would be a lot more stigma behind all of this as well. Um, who the person is. I mean, I don't know. It depends what I really want to. And if that would disprove her from being what I want, but I don't, I don't know who, uh, who that person is. So I don't know if something like that, if they would be able to have an excuse. Yeah, there's people I love that I've, that that's that's what draws me so far and the people from the past is there are people which throughout life it's like nothing they did i could ever see bad for because i could somehow understand it in a way that was mm. just beautiful and amazing to me mm. and it's like i believe if i'm finding someone else in the future i will somehow be able to justify everything that they do and it's like i would hope i'm not with someone i have to worry about them doing this but if they did do this and they came to me i would hope that i would that i would see that if it's the right person and i would have grace on them if it's the wrong person if it's someone i'm not feeling right then i'll realize that maybe it's because it's not the right person and it's just fortunately life will lead me to that but i you know i i want to have grace it's hard yeah, I, I you just appreciate gave me that. clarity about myself, yeah. Story, and, and able to explain myself to Mark. That's the reason I'm able to stay friends with my exes, is because mm. they have a level of comfortability with me where they can be honest with me. So if they've ever slept with another girl, if they cheated, if they did anything, after we were done, they told me everything. Like mm -hmm. I know, I know the truth about who they are. Nobody, I could never walk up to someone else and they tell me what happened in a relationship with this person. And I think because they were so brutally honest with me and they felt comfortable enough to tell me the truth, we were able to maintain a relationship. Yeah. I don't want someone else to walk up and tell me something I don't know, but yeah. Right. We're going to come back to this uh, cheating topic. Cause I want to unpack that some more, but we do have Anthony from Alabama back on the line. Let's go ahead and give another shot. Anthony from Alabama. Welcome. Can you hear us? Yes, ma'am. How are you doing? Good. You got that Alabama accent. How's dating Alabama, Anthony? Yup. You been uh, Birmingham? I have not. I bet it's really hot. Uh, probably minimal clothing Heard on these days. songs about it. Yeah. Sweet home Alabama. <laughs> That's all I know from Alabama. Hey, hey. Yeah, you wouldn't uh, uh, make it down here, sweetheart. <laughs> um, You're probably right. How how is the dating down there, Anthony? What's your experience been? Have you had any bad dates in Alabama? Uh, yeah, I mean the last date I had, um, you know, I, I like a woman that uh, I don't mind about being oversized, uh, just long as it matches. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> long as long as that that the stomach and the ass ratio it's matching <laughs> up. Uh, I we. Usually don't mind, but uh, if she can't herd the cattle in the morning or uh, feed the cows, I really don't want you, you know? It's <laughs> uh, simple as that. Okay. It, it sounds like Danny, like, it, it sounds like Danny likes more cushion for the pushing. Is that right, Danny? Yeah. And a lady with some work ethic. Yeah. So, Anthony, you like a strong woman with a booty on her, huh? Yeah, yeah, yes, ma'am. Got to make them corn dogs. <laughs> and uh, picked on the black corn dogs. <laughs> you know, corn dogs. So, uh, did she like your? So, Anthony, <laughs> did uh, did this woman like your corn dog? Oh yeah, she definitely <laughs> likes my corn. Dog. Uh, 
It's the same size as uh, the Comcast controller that one, the voice remote one you speak into. Uh, oh, what? Had a, uh, yeah, we, we figured it out. Yeah. Uh, so my last girlfriend, her name was Effie. Uh, we were together for um, about, I'd say about two years. Uh, you know, uh, we had an arranged marriage uh, with her daddy. Uh, you know, so, uh, but it didn't work out. She just wouldn't, uh, wouldn't have a baby for me. You know, so, uh, now I'm just alone. I got my dogs, uh, I, you know, I raise chickens, you know, so I called really just to find out if there's any women really just interested, uh, of a, a good country boy that, you know, works hard. Yeah. Sounds like you need yourself, uh, you know, one of those farm girls, like a sexy, you know, curvy farm girl, girl that knows how to work hard and take care of you after a long day. I have something just for you. It's called FarmersOnly.com. <gasps> Did you hear that, Anthony? FarmersOnly. FarmersOnly.com. Oh, okay. What is that? Is that like an escort service? <laughs> uh, it's a dating site with your with your big booty bucks and beauties, okay? <laughs> You'll find your farmer lady love there. You want that hardworking big booty girl, you get on Farmers Only. <laughs> Yeah, I like a big booty girl. I can't. Have I'm promoting this, but it's true. I never met anybody else in my life that sounded like they needed farmers only more than you, sir. <laughs> I think this commercial, course commercial, is made just for you. I'm gonna take that as a compliment. Uh, you know, I, I, right? That's a compliment. Hey, the world needs it farmers. It is a compliment, sir. I, I understand, but you're looking for a very specific type of woman, and I think very much engineered for you. You said you're a hardworking country boy. Find you a hardworking country girl. I'm sorry. What was that question again? Well, my question for you, Anthony, is, okay, you explained physically what you want in a woman, but, okay, you want a woman that wants to have some babies, you know, help with the farm and milk some cows. Uh, you want a woman with curves. You want somebody strong, somebody that's going to take care of you in the bedroom. What else are you looking for? For all those lovely ladies that are listening right now, what are you looking for? Are you looking for love, Anthony? Um, there's no such thing as love, sweetheart. It's just a, a contract. Uh, it's a business contract. Really? Oh, yeah, it's a business contract. What you can do for me and what I can do for you. Uh, okay. and it's been that uh, day one, um, if you think about it. Um, they say, uh, some people say, uh, um, I'm, I don't want to say it. Uh, they say, uh, you know, the, the pooty thing ain't, ain't uh, it's not free. And they're right. It's not free. Um, even if you think you're not paying for it. So what do you think of that saying? Anthony, you're on a level. <laughs> I know, right? I want to I bring up this really archaic saying that I absolutely detest. But I'm going to say it anyways. He thinks he can milk the cow for free. Right? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> so, so, Anthony, you sound to me like you're the kind of man that wants to lock down this deal uh, she is going to be married to you till death does you part marriage contract. You're not necessarily looking for those sparks flying. You're looking for practicality and somebody to have your babies. Do I have that right, Anthony? I mean, that sparks flying stuff, that's for high school. It doesn't work for adults like that. It just, it just doesn't. Okay. Uh, so you're, you're Mr. Practical. We're not living in and, uh, a butterfly world. Yeah. How old is Anthony? Danny? 
Anthony. His name's I'm Anthony. Not, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I can't say that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anthony, how old are you? Uh, how old do I sound? I don't know. I'm from up north. I can't tell. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm 28 years old. 28 years and old. And I, I got six kids. Wow. So you do. It reminds me of... Um, Oh, that overboard movie, right? You need you need you need yourself a love slave. Come on, you can get the pushing for the cushion and the love slave. Have kids, Anthony. You're not making sense. Your story's not adding up. How do you have you six, six kids? Your wife left you for not having any kids. How? Well, How? That, that one had kids. kids. Uh, I had kids uh, from my actually my uh, my second cousin when I was twelve. Uh, that was. Uh, we, it was like a work injury. The plot so, uh, Yeah. Oh, <laughs> boy, that was a long story. I really don't like talking about that. But we had six kids. We figured out she was my second cousin. And, uh, wow. uh, yeah, my oldest is uh, 14, uh, Haley. Yeah, Haley Madison. Interesting. So you need, you need somebody to herd those kids as well then, and the cows with six kids. Dang. Danny. All right. I mean, that's good. I'm sorry. Yeah. I keep on calling Danny. Prove the... I mean, we needed kids. Uh, we needed more kids to work on the farm. Really, I'm trying to make a breeding business. Yeah. Prove to us that you're from Alabama. Uh, sorry, say that again. Can you prove to us that you're from Alabama? What's the capital of Alabama? I'm just curious to know. The capital of Alabama, that would be... Uh, um, Georgia? Yeah. I live in Birmingham. Now, what's the capital of Alabama? <laughs> no. I live in uh, Georgia. Alabama. <laughs> you, said you're, you, you said you're in Alabama, didn't you? I, I live in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, sir. What's the capital of Alabama? <laughs> Is it Birmingham? Georgia. No, that's not the capital. I think Danny's pulling our leg, folks. Oh, no, my goodness. Yeah, I, think All right. leg. Well, I have never been out of, outside of my zip code anyway. Well, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well Anthony, biggest... Anthony, I think you are going to find the woman of your dream. She may be listening. Yeah, um, so if ring. you want to, you should, you should pop your email down at the bottom of this feed. Cause yeah. some woman is listening <laughs> yes, to this saying, damn, I need myself a farm. I've got a nice booty on me. And this accent of yeah. Anthony's is so sexy. So this might be like your last stretch to find that woman, your dreams. And if you yeah. fall in love with her, you better call back and tell me that love is alive. That Cupid <laughs> hits you yeah. with this arrow. You will send her this way. All right. All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right, Anthony, thank you so much for calling in tonight. You have a good evening. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. I think I think Anthony is from New York City putting on a southern <laughs> accent. That's what I think. He you doesn't know, know where the capital of Alabama is, you know. Come on. But you know what he said? It's Montgomery. We figured it out. That's <laughs> hilarious. I don't think that was relevant for him. I think he just needs a, a right. baby-making <laughs> woman that wants to pop out some kids to, like, harvest that corn, man. So, you know what? To everybody <laughs> each his own. The corn. It took yeah. me a long time, probably, before I realized the capital of the state I'm from. I mean, it's just like yeah, you I never know. hear about Tallahassee. I'm from Florida, and who talks about Tallahassee? I mean, nobody. 
That's exactly. where Florida State. That's where Florida State University is. I know. About Honestly, Tallahassee. that's a good pop quiz question for anybody anywhere. It's like, what's the capital of your state? It's like nobody freaking knows. Nobody like, knows, right? You, you know, I that's do. like one of those Jimmy Fallon shows where he goes on the street and just asks questions. Street major. <laughs> I know my capital, Albany. Yeah, he has yeah. six kids and he's six kids. Like, you know, he's earning those points. <laughs> That's he, spent, he spent half his life screwing. I mean, he's got six kids and he's twenty-eight. Come on. I know, but yeah, you know anybody got so, six kids and they're twenty-eight? And he's talking no, about his cut. He's talking his about cousin. his cousin. He was yeah, pulling our leg. I mean, he was pulling our leg. That's yeah, he maybe he, he wasn't a real. Well, there you go. Sometimes people aren't who they say they are, so that's what they say. Yeah. So he said marriage is not for love. Why would you catfish someone? Well, he said marriage was a contract. He said he doesn't believe in love. So, yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people it kind of is, don't though. believe in love. It's a piece of paper. You know, and that's I, why marriage is on the decline, but long-term relationships are on the rise. I think it's the expectation with love that throws people off. People have this definition yeah. that's super, superhuman. You have to have yep. human context to love. Phoenix, do you know that Lauren Hill song? You know, uh, um, oh, what is that? That, that Lauren Hill album where they talk about love. Do you know what I'm talking about? It could all be so simple. You know that song? And the miseducation, that's the name of yes, the album. Yes, yes, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. That mm -hmm. album talks about what is love. Do you remember that part? And there's a bunch mm -hmm. of little kids, and they're saying what love is. Do you remember that song? Yeah, and there's a there's a couple of songs on that project, but the one, the one that actually stands out to me is a duet that she has with D'Angelo. And I think that brings context to this conversation because the song is called Nothing Even Matters. Yes. And to me, that is what love is. Yes. When you really love somebody and you're in the element, all of the things that you think that you need, the money, a house, a car, all of those things are nice, but all of those things are only additions because the synergy that you have with that person and the love that you have and what you're building with that person is so Hallelujah. dope. All of those other yep. things become cherries on the top. Yeah. They're not Hell supposed yeah. to be the basis of why you're with somebody. So even yeah. like, like, women a lot of times women are judged on their looks and men are judged on their money but the mm -hmm. reality is is when you really find a man that really loves you for you yeah you want him to be financially stable because you don't want to live on the street but you don't need him to be rich yeah because he's yep. probably making you feel good in so many other ways he compliments you he picks you up from work he has lunch he cooks dinner on the weekend like mm -hmm. he's going to compensate in so many other ways that you're going to mm -hmm. feel fulfilled yeah. that whatever he doesn't have doesn't yeah. even matter yeah. Do you remember the intro to that where there's that little kid? He says, he says, you love him for no matter what they look like, no matter what he or she look like, no matter what he or she do, you love this person. And that's so true because you're that's your person. Right. So which brings me to like a really big point is what is wait, your person? Hold on a second. Wait, one, one second. One second. Does anybody know where Lauren Hill is from? Oh. Jersey. Is she from Jersey? Uh huh. Mm -hmm. You know, Bruce Springsteen. Ha Bruce Springsteen has a has a song. If you have ever heard Jersey Girl, have anybody ever heard that song? Mm hmm. How's that Jersey go? Jersey Girl. He's talking about her. Wow. Really? She's a Jersey girl. So, is there a reputation? Like, what is a Jersey girl? Listen to Bruce Springsteen's song when I'm when you're when we're done. Well, they got a little, little you know, a little attitude, uh, you know. Uh, didn't you see? Didn't you ever see? Didn't you ever watch Jersey Shore? The women that were in Jersey Shore. Yeah, mm -hmm. but what's the reputation? I, I'm from Boulder, Colorado. Right. I don't know what right. a Jersey girl is. I haven't even uh, seen Jersey, Jersey Shore. You know, you're in between Philly and New York, so you're a little bit of both, I suppose. You know. Wasn't the new girl based off a of Jersey girl? I'm not. I'm. I'm not too sure. I don't. I don't know. 
Yeah. So what's the reputation uh, of a Jersey girl? Uh, I know like there's a Sandra Bullock movie too, isn't there? Called Jersey Girl. Was it? I don't know. Now, Bruce Springsteen's song talks about, you know, what it's like to be a Jersey girl and growing up in New Jersey, you know, you have the, you have the uh, ocean to the right of you. People that live in New Jersey know about going down to the shore when you're from a different state, when you're from, when you're from California, you don't say we're going down to the shore. You say we're going to the beach, right? Right. That's right. I'm from California and we're going to the beach. Yeah. We don't yeah. say that. We say we're going to the shore here. <laughs> Now that I think of it, I've read that in some Stephen King books. It's always going to the shores. So do you think dating in every state has a slightly different culture? So like what's what's an East Coast girl like story story? You've kind of been all over. So what, what are the girls like back home versus L.A.? Is there a contrast? Is there a difference? Because I've heard L.A. women tend to be a bit different Big than like difference. women back east or like. Um, I have a friend from Boston, and she says they're they're different than the LA girls. Back east, it still seems like female are living the more at home roles a lot more often, um, than, and looking for people that'll do that. Maybe they eventually start doing stuff themselves, especially now with all these single moms being left at home. They end up starting to have to work and everything like that. Right. Um, but before, besides that, you see a lot of girls just working on dating they're not working on a career on themselves anything like that i've come out here i've seen a lot more people working on themselves and just growing um and you know i guess be a lot more what i'm i've found a lot more of what i'm looking for kind of the reason i guess i started moving forward um there might be from what it sounds like with our um alabamian you know maybe more what he's looking for would be definitely on the other coast yeah, but, um, yeah. it was yeah. just small-minded uh, more more like small-minded like staying inside the box thinking on the east coast right and it's like i just never would describe myself as anything like that so um that's where i kind of found i had to start moving and do something different as well as also i had to come out here to be the best me you know i don't know can you tell me is this true or not which women are more intimidating the, the women from LA or the women from Jersey obviously I'm thinking Jersey because I seen Jersey Shore I grew up uh, in the Inland Empire like just right right there next to LA and I mean I, I've seen all kinds of like you know scary girls in my time too I mean I grew up high school everything there but always I imagine East, the men and the women just seem tougher and scarier and more intimidating and I, I couldn't imagine going back and forth as far as the dating scene from East to West Coast because uh, to me, what a clash, like a culture clash. In yeah. So, can you tell me? I would love to have some insight as far as like more intimidating when you go back east. Phoenix, Phoenix, tell me about New York people. I like, think, see, I think, I there? think, I think it's just a lot of fake energy. Yeah, there's a lot of fake people out here, and I think a lot of it has to do with that LA culture. Is it's it promotes a lot of, you know. Um, dishonesty and misrepresentation of themselves and it's maybe it's because it's a poly you know the hollywood stigma and all that but i could see where people back east are more genuine and i i love the way that they swear openly because i kind of swear like a sailor too yeah. but just thinking about dating people that just come on that strong is like i don't know kind of a scary thought i'd rather somebody be front and blunt about what they want than lie to me and leave me on so i think i think that I think that people have a misconception of what confront what confrontational actually means. Like confrontational doesn't mean negative. 
It just means okay. that I'm willing to say what I feel. What's up? I think yeah. that we've been gaslit into believing that it's right. rude to actually be honest. No, I don't like I don't like people that will be like passive aggressive in a situation. Yeah, and like smile in your face and then stabbing. The LA back. does that. LA is extremely passive aggressive. Yeah, it's extremely yeah, like the Scorpio man. A lot of Scorpio energy out there. <laughs> I've seen a lot of bad people out here in a bad groups I probably could go in, but at the same time, I have a group of really great people I feel like I can express myself with. I will say on the East Coast, in Tampa, there were some people that just, yeah, I was free to be the craziest, craziest me, but I'm starting to find that a little bit out here too. I feel like everything is everywhere. It's just how good you are at finding that. And yeah, in LA, there's a lot bigger of a sea, so you're go you're, you're, you, there's more of everything so you can get mm -hmm. if you're lost in the wrong spots you can definitely be swimming through a lot more of the wrong spots um but or if you're gonna find your way there's still more of the right spots as well um so i think it just gives you more opportunity uh, i think the best spot is right here in vegas you guys need to come out to vegas because it's a whole vibe now <laughs> The city is in such a different period. Like being from Tampa, it's like I loved it there, the diversity. But when I say the East Coast, I also lived in like Minnesota and Georgia and, and South Carolina a few years before I moved here. And just the, the culture in a lot of those spots trying to date is so slow if you didn't grow up around that area if you don't if you don't know people through school like a lot of the people i want today were all already taken because they were the people snatched up going through school and such like that and then if you actually go out to the bars stuff like that to meet people you're seeing pretty much all the catfish um, <laughs> and right. it's like um and it's just you don't really have very much of a right. chance there where you have a lot more fish i guess to go for out I want to ask you a question story because you said, you know, it's a big C, but you can kind of still kind of put place yourself appropriately where like it vibes with you. Do you believe in something, you know, it's called law of attraction. Uh, have you heard of that phrasing and do you believe in that whatsoever? I believe we, um, I believe we project ourselves in the world around us. So a lot of the things, mm -hmm. if we're seeing it in the world around us and seeing it keep making appearance in the world around us, I believe mm -hmm. it's because it's something we still are, are learning to get through or get stronger than or over. Because mm -hmm. I believe essentially we project ourselves on the world and it, the world kind of is in a Zen where I believe that I have faith that everything's working together to be able to place and just understands mm -hmm. our, how our spirit right. is going through that journey and where we need to be. Right. What, have you heard of uh, like the universe has your back, uh, soul tribe? Have you ever heard of that type of phrasing story? Mm -mm. How about you, Phoenix? Have you heard of uh, that phrasing soul tribe? Yeah, I, de I definitely believe in a soul tribe. That's why when story was talking about like you can kind of find what you want. Um, I totally agree with him. The only difference for me, and this is me also being the woman of color on this platform, is culturally dating is more difficult for me in Los Angeles because there's right. a bigger pool and there are a lot right. of different cultures. And as an African-American woman, there isn't a real established black culture in a lot of parts of Los Angeles. So for me as a black woman to date, unless I'm open to other cultures, I'm talking about me just attracting my own kind of people. It's very difficult. Because a lot of people are either in interracial relationships or they're not interested in me as a black woman. As on the East Coast, I'm desirable. So do you think you have different ethnicities? Like, more, do you have a broader range of ethnicities approaching you in L.A. then? Yes, I attract more Armenian men. You get all the colors of the rainbow. <laughs> I attract more Armenian men 
than black men. <laughs> or medium it? That, okay, random, right? Yes. But I, it's a fetish. They're not, I'm not a woman they would take home. I'm a woman they want to have sex with. And that's a difference, too. 25% of the ratio when I come to LA was already cut out for me uh, because they don't speak English. Mm, you know, like you yeah. out here, you've got to realize there's at least like 25% of who you're going to meet. It's going to be someone that doesn't even speak English. Yeah. So for me, I'm just already, you know, that would be a very difficult date. But LA is also very segregated in a lot of ways. And a lot of people don't want to talk about it, but even culturally, like when I'm in certain black groups, because I'm not a specific culture, they are segregated too. So there's a big African population, but they don't, they don't, they'll socialize with you, but they're not going to date you because I'm an American, African American. So that there's subdivisions within my culture as well. So it's not just like, oh, you're black, I'm black. We can, it's, it's not that it's either. It's not like that. It's not that simple, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I know with like the Hispanic or, you know, Mexican culture. So I'm Mexican descent. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people in my generation, I speak Spanish, but a lot of my cousins don't. Uh, but a lot of my cousins are very dark. So my dark cousins that don't speak the Spanish, uh, they're joked, they say you're a coconut. And, and that's a very demeaning way of saying, well, you're dark on the outside, but you're white on the inside because you don't speak Spanish. And so they end up dating outside of their culture. Now, there's other people that super, you know, embrace their culture because this is who they are. I've heard a lot of different things about dating in and outside your culture. There's pros and cons, in my opinion. Uh, if I was told I only could date somebody that was Mexican, that spoke the language because we had to be of the same culture for our family or whatever... To me, that's archaic. I don't think you should have to date in your culture. But I also think there are pros if they kind of understand where you're coming from. Because I know with me and my ex-husband, he's from Mexico. So I'm third generation. He was born in Mexico. So he had times where he was speaking English to me. But I got offended because of how he chose his words. And a typical mm -hmm. American woman would say, hey, that's demeaning. Uh, don't give me that command. I'm not your slave. Because mm -hmm. in Spanish, you say, you know, ayúdame. That means you help me. You Get your ass up and help me. Versus in English, I would say, hey, baby, you know, would you mind helping me with some dinner? You know, we're kind of running late. We've got to get the kids to bed. You right. know, there's, a, there's kind of a vibe there where I have to, you know, say a little different, you know. And, like, his mom will call him rey, my king. And I'm going, Barter, if you're calling your son your king, so I'm supposed to kiss his ass, you know. So yeah. there's my American kind of saying, hey, I'm Latina. But then I'm also like, hey, I'm American, and you're going to help, and you're going to change diapers. You're going to help in the kitchen. And well, he says, right. I'm not a mandelon. You know, a mandelon means, like, I'm not a man that wears the apron. Come on. Like, I'm not, those are women jobs. So I kind of want to ask you guys, as far as dating in and out of your culture, what are the pros and cons of dating somebody that has the same kind of upbringing? Or is it better to, to just, you know, forget about that. That's a social norm. That's over. That's archaic. Where are you guys at with dating outside of your culture? Well, I don't mind, which is what's funny. Cause Kylie was talking about, you know, like from different cultures and I don't mind, but my thing is, is I think, my my east coast energy can be intimidating so i don't think it's my race that's the issue i think i can attract anybody i've attracted people from all walks of life but i do feel like i'm an alpha female and i'm from new york i feel like the average person who's attracted to me is assuming my response to their inquiry before actually getting to know me so i feel like whatever they're projecting in their mind like she's gonna go get the f out of here or you know what i mean and it's like i'm not actually i wouldn't even respond like that but you just kind of presume that because I, I feel stares when I'm in the street. Like I can tell people can tell that I'm not from here 
even though I live here. So they always look, she's different. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. bother me. <laughs> no. What about you, Story? Do you think there's pros and cons? Like, is there, do you like to date? It's, it's interesting because I break a lot of stigmas myself, period. People look at me, just they probably just see like a white boy. I'm someone who had to go through a lot of poverty while I was growing up, ended up going through group homes, being a runaway after moving a lot when I was younger and being physically abused, such like that, till, you know, and just going through DCF and just having a pretty hard life um, and upbringing. Um, and then as much as then on my mom's side of the family actually uh, my grandma is pure irish and my grandpa is pure sicilian so um you know if you go over to like my grandpa's house you'll see you know a very almost like it's seeming almost hispanic very family oriented you know like you said it's actually weird to think of hispanic and think where women have to cook because i know like the italian kind of side of things even though we might not be hispanic we're kind of like cousins it's warm culture um, yeah it's but, still right it's yeah. like, but um like the the men like are definitely big cookers in italian they, things so it's like um so it's like a, a lot of stigmas i feel like i i definitely don't fit the um the the you know mold of so well you know and i think we need to remember that we are a melting pot like just us being american uh you know in mexico they would have people that were of a pure race which meant they were night with like they were straight up indigenous they didn't even speak spanish like that's a pure race uh versus americans you know i think some of us identify uh however how we want like i have a friend uh who uh doesn't speak a lick of italian never has been to italy he's probably fifth or sixth generation but he says i'm italian yet he's never you know made spaghetti he's never been to italy that's why I love Phoenix just plain saying I'm from the East Coast. She's in and she's like, I'm not even worried about nothing at the East Coast. I'm like, all right, I get that. Yeah, I, I think it kind of more comes down to um, hot and cold culture. And what I mean by cold culture would be more, you know, be awkward to hug them on a first date. It'd be awkward to meet their family unless you're getting married. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think cold kind of sounds like a negative connotation, but I don't think all people are going to be comfortable with a quick intro to, you know, hey, you should meet my mom after a few days. Uh, and in my culture, my mom finds it very odd if I'm seeing somebody and she hasn't met them because she's like, what's wrong with him? Is he married? Why does he want to meet us? And then the second she meets him, she's kissing him and calling him mijo and welcoming into the family. Like, oh, mom, hold on. <laughs> We're dating. Like, don't freak the man out. But I think I actually embody that warm kind of culture where I don't care if he's white, black, or yellow, uh, I'm going to hug him, you know, on the first day. Hey, nice to meet you. Even with COVID, I was giving people hugs and I know that's kind of a fragile subject, but I'm a hugger. I need to see teeth. I need to see smiles and I need those hugs. And I feel like that boosted my immune system to get a little bit of contact from people close to me. Uh, the six feet apart was very tough for somebody of a warm cultural background. So I think that's where we kind of need to keep in mind when we have these days maybe they're going wrong because one person is kind of warmer and wants that physical you know hug and wants that kind of contact and the other person's going whoa you're trying I to get laid on the first date i think that's where it goes into really what you are uh, knowing what you want because you go into that i don't think it's about someone being not physical enough or someone not being emotionally unavailable i think it's about if they're emotionally available for you and if you're emotionally available for them um, because it's like you, like when I met my first love, if there's a such thing as love at first sight, this, when I met her would pro I still can't uh, like shake it, like still just 
takes me away to even try to place where to, uh, what happened or how things weren't aren't right. But like she literally, I had a migraine. I was sitting outside of a club in Ybor City at like 16. And the second I saw her, I was mesmerized. My mind was just like blown away. And it was anytime I saw her. And it's like, I realized it wasn't something I was looking for. It wasn't my mood. wasn't what I was in. It was simply the presence of somebody else, you know, had a, I guess, as Giovanni had said one day, there's a chemical reaction when you're around somebody and you find that right one. It's like they activate it. It's like, yes, maybe you have been cold to like your last six dates, but for some reason you go on the seventh date and this person just, you know, makes you, it just starts melting you. And you know, you're in their hand there. You're in the palm of their hand. I think it's more about where your energies are connecting, not about one being right or wrong. It's about are they right for each other? Yeah, and it was it was aura. There was something, not even just chemically. There was something spiritually that balanced you out whenever you were in her presence. And when something naturally makes you feel good, just without even having to do anything, it's an energy that's infectious. You want to be around you all the time. Yeah, and that's worth fighting for. Um, I want to end uh, tonight asking. So we talked about love. I said I I'm I, I'm. I'm a hopeless romantic. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think that you choose who you love or does a heart choose for you? Mm. Mm. That's a double edged sword for me because. Yeah. yeah. I say, I think it's a double edged sword. Yeah. But I'm saying initially when you fall in love, do you get even a say in the matter? I don't think initially, but I think people who stay in toxic relationships, they're choosing after a while yes. because they know that the relationship isn't good, but they're not willing to let it go. Yeah. So that's yeah. when you start choosing. And I think we have to choose to keep it because even if we are not ready, I think that's the reason you lose things when they might be even right is because if you're not, you know, ready, things might know. But, um, you know, I think you definitely know it's 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 something that's instant, but you can choose make mistakes and choose not to follow it. You know, yeah. maybe like the, the instant Mark, you're, you're you're nodding your head. So do you think you choose who you love or does your heart just choose for you? Oh, wait. That's very philosophical. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does your heart you? I have to think about. Let me. Can I think about that? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I want to admit that there's been times I've stayed with the wrong person, not because I necessarily love them, because I'm afraid of the pain of losing them or what it will take. You know, I'm just avoiding what the pain. What about the times you maybe work to stay with the right person? Has that ever happened to anybody on here? Because I mean, I feel like. It's been a lot of work, especially recently, like you said, with COVID, with lockdown. I think my relationship has really been put to the test in the past year. Yeah. And I'm, I feel like I'm working towards a noble cause, though. And yeah, I don't know. Sometimes you got to you gotta f fight through for a good fight, too. You know, there's, yeah. there's that. Yeah. Well, I think if, you know, when Story talked about when he met that person, you know, it was like ground shaking. And, and I recently had experience where I met somebody and I drove away knowing not that I'm going to necessarily marry this person, but whoa, that is something that you can't special order. You can't like do 1-800, call the universe, call God, be like, hey, God, I want X, Y, and Z. I mean, you can pray for it. And, and yeah. Those people, if it's just friend, if it's whatever, I'll take whatever it is because fucking your energy is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Well, sometimes I feel like it's a fight to wake up and be like, I'm going to fight to stay with you. I love you, but man, I feel like I want to kill you today. If we were married, we'd be to get divorced today, you know? <laughs> and some are. 
And sometimes you got to fight, fight yourself to get out of a bad situation. I think we have another caller coming in. Ranthis from Atlanta. Uh, we are ready for another caller. Ranthis from Atlanta. Hello, I'm here. Hi, am I, am I pronouncing your name right, Ranthis? Oh, uh, that's correct. Nice to meet you. Habla español? Uh, poquito. <laughs> poquito. Well, welcome to the show. Bienvenidos. Uh, do you have any bad date stories for us tonight, Ranthis? Uh, bad dating stories. Uh, I probably have a few that I could uh, let the audience uh, hear. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. Spill that tea. Let's hear your date from hell story. Uh, well, uh, I've had experiences of dating, uh, well, having bad dates with women who have uh, prior bad experience with other men, but also uh, one pet peeve that I kind of have, I don't want to say it's a big pet peeve, but a small pet peeve, uh, women with uh, kids. Uh, so I've had the, I guess, the pleasure or the unfortunate, whichever one way you want to call it, uh, uh, opportunity to have bad dates with those particular women. One uh, young lady, she had uh, three kids and actually three baby daddies, and uh, that was quite an experience. Uh, I myself, and let me give a little background about myself. Uh, I'm 47, no kids, never been married, but I've been proposed to twice. Wow. Uh, and when I, right, right, I, right, that part, I always hear that part when I mention the fact that uh, I've been proposed to twice. Uh, that's not traditional, so most people be like, well, I, you know, women especially, I would never do that, and I just say, well, that's you. <laughs> so, but someone wow. else, you know, right, someone else has, uh, but, you know, that's just a, a little brief uh, background there, but going back to the story, uh, she had three uh, baby daddies, and uh, I told her, well, actually, I did not know that she had uh, three kids. I thought she had two, but then she told me that there was a third one. I did not know that she had uh, three baby daddies. I thought that maybe it was a you know a combination of one. And I tell uh, young ladies, I said, well, I can understand you having one. You know, everyone makes mistakes. You know, but if you have more than one, and it's two, three, four, five, then that's no longer a mistake. <laughs> you know, I, right? So. Right, so uh, as part of uh, the dating thing, we went out. Uh, I took her to a, a bar. I don't do clubs. Uh, I've gotten a little bit too old for that. I was a little bit uh, older at this time. And so uh, as we were, I thought, having fun, she got calls. Uh, and this was, I guess, her sister who was saying that one of her baby daddies was looking for her. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, 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 right, so to make the long story short, the uh, the date had to be cut short. And so uh, it was some issue that she had to go take her. But I was like, well, that's what I get <laughs> for entertaining someone with three kids and right. three daddies. Right. So you didn't know going into it. Did you know that she was a mom, a single mom going into the date? Uh, well, that was, I was told, you know, you told that, well, I'm not, you know, dealing with the baby daddies or baby mm -hmm. dad. So right. you just go with what she tells you. <laughs> How do you feel about it? So you just say you're 47 years old. Correct. How do you feel about, cause I know, and you know, I'm about, I'm, I'm in your age range. Um, I'm 39 
And uh, okay. I've, I've heard, you know, cause I, I'm a single mom and it seems like the older I get, the more likely it is that the person I'm dating is going to have kids now from how many, you know, partners, you know, that varies. Uh, but how do you feel? Okay. If it, if it had all been from the same father, would that have been any difference to you as far as how you would have felt about the date? Um, Yes, it well, it it would have made a difference uh, as far as I guess my feelings toward it. No, if if you can understand what I'm saying, I I believe one baby daddy, like I said, is you know quite fine. You have a relationship where you know you and that one person is trying to raise a family, you know, have kids. It's not mm-hmm. you know you're jumping from one man to the next. So right. I can see I, that. See, and, and also, let me say this. I come from a very stable family. My mom and dad have been married actually 44 years, and they've been together. So, you know, so I come from a family that, you know, has one father, one mother. Give me a little input real quick. Um, sure. Uh, what I'm hearing you say to me isn't that you're upset that she had X amount of children. It's more like you are afraid of the pattern that you're seeing in these kids. And that is of failed relationships from this woman. You know well, what I'm saying? Yes. It's pretty right. It, right. That is part of it. She's basically bringing with her, with all of her children, they're like a representation of all the times it didn't work out for her and within short time frame. You know what I'm saying? So like I, if it like walks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, like basically if it wasn't them, is it you? Like, yeah. you know, how could you have had it go south or like you said, make a bad choice, whatever, so many times in a row. It's like you're questioning her judgment. You're questioning maybe like her ability to be in a relationship yeah. and stay in a relationship. Or I, in this generation, it's very possible too. some ladies literally will try to get a bunch of guys to have these babies so that she has them all on a string um, and don't want to be the next one. You know? Yeah, you don't want to be the next one for all. Yeah, so you didn't want to be right. the baby daddy number four, <laughs> Rontes. You didn't right. want to, yeah. I mean that, and it's no judgment on her because, like you said, you know, it's you know we all make mistakes. I mean, but I think that through his eyes, I can see where you're apprehensive, sir. Like I can see where you're gonna look at this and be like, hey, like not. And maybe if you got to know her, it's a different situation. But that's entirely up to you, but. I think that you're justified in, in that apprehension at least. Yeah. I Especially agree with, with you really. said that she called, like had a call from a baby daddy, I think in the middle of it, it's like, yes, if you can't yeah. even make time for a date without having an yeah. interaction with your baby daddies, then I mean, that's probably <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> right. Do you get to date the baby daddies too? Because you know, the, it's almost like he showed up to the date physically. He didn't. But it's like you get this right. woman plus six because it's three daddies and three babies. So that's a big right. full dating party, yeah. Oh, I, I would think it is right because then right, you have uh, other you know people involved, like I say, in your process of whatever called dating or whatever. It's I'll, I always hear this. Like I said, I, I mean, I, I've dated like I was telling uh, Steve uh, the whole spectrum. I've dated, you know. Caucasians, I've dated uh, African, you know, African American women. I've dated Hispanic women. I've dated uh, European women. I've also dated mixed women. <laughs> so right. uh, I always hear this where I'm not involved with the baby daddy, but I'll be like, how can you really say that? Because you're always going to be involved with the baby daddy. That's forever. <laughs> you know I mean? Right, right. <laughs> right. So how do you feel in general? Like, how do you feel about dating women with children? 
Well, like I said, I, 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 I'm going to be honest. When I was younger, there was like no possibility. But as I matured and got older, I, like I said, as I said previous, I said, one, I would be willing to, you know, understand the situation, depending on what the situation is. But yes, you know, because like I said, everyone has mistakes and, you know, you, it's, it's that process of, okay, well, you know, you could have anything could have happened in the process of one, but it's a right. repeated, when it's a repeated process, then that becomes, you know, a little bit more to bear. But right. I can, I, now um, as I've been older, one is okay. Right. You know, the title of our show today is Red Flags and Bad Dates. So you had a bad date. Uh, what would, could have been maybe the, so that was like a red flag. Where Could have there been any other red flags maybe leading up to it? Or do you think it was just, you were just snowballed surprise? Was there anything maybe leading up to it that could have actually even prevented the date from even happening? Or do you feel like you're kind of already deer in the headlights and there was no way getting out of it? Uh, well, uh, it was, I didn't, I don't think I was really, uh, in the mindset of just, you know, making it something official. I think I was more of, uh, in a play state, if you want to call it that, yeah. a play mm -hmm. state. Yeah. Right. So it wasn't something that I was committing to. Right. So, you know, that was, that was the whole process. I guess the red flag should have been, uh, two, but there was other things personal that I won't put her business out there, but two, right. like I said, it becomes a thing. And then I guess, you know, finding out that there's a third one was definitely a red flag. But at that particular time, like I said, once you're kind of not, you know, invested somewhat, you know, spending time getting to know someone, you know, after you said, yeah, okay, two is okay. Then you find out that the third one, you know, you don't automatically say, well, okay, well, you know, let me just back up. You're like, Oh, Okay, so you go and like say, well, this won't be anything serious. Let's just, you know, play with it, play with right. it. But it didn't, right. like I said, you know, yeah. And so then, like I said, the, the phone call was right. Right. I was going to say, I don't really appreciate that. Play with it, play with it. Like, we're not toys, we're not play things. As a woman, I don't know how she's feeling or what her situation was, but that's all I would say is that I can empathize with you for being cautious of her, but at the same time, don't don't look at this and be like, okay, you should have at least, did you? I wonder, I'm hoping, did you at least come to her and be honest and be like, hey, look, you know I'm never going to be with you in all seriousness, right? Like, we're, there's no going to be no wedding bells or nothing like that. Right. Like, I, yeah. Were you honest? Were you upfront when you realized this yourself? Did you bring that to her? I got to wonder. Well, like I said, you understand, right? Let, let's let's correct it because I, I know, I know, I know, I know how you women you speak on emotion. <laughs> I know how you do. Uh, but like I said, it, no, 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 listen, 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 listen. Right? It was a date. <laughs> Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Okay, date. I feel you. Right, okay, so okay. that's right. Okay. Date. It was a really bad <laughs> date. Okay, I got you. Okay. You're right. Like, okay, feeling out. Maybe she's cool. Maybe she's not. All yeah. right. All right. I thought well, you were and, like, and right. here's, here's the thing. Like, right. in all realness. So let me, let me understand this. Over the course of one evening in one date, you found out that she had not one, not two, but three children? <laughs> you say, in the process, right, right. Like I said, one I knew day. about. And that many you know, baby daddies. That wins tonight's show for the worst date. Yeah, okay? that, yeah, you definitely win a prize for the worst date. And you know, I won't even play with that. Ding, don't ding, even ding, hit ding. that. You're gonna be baby. Don't even hit that. You're gonna be baby daddy number four, honey. You might be if you realize that she's the one for you. You never know. It could work out. Or she might get knocked up and sink oh. her claws into Rantes and be like. 
tú eres mi papi nuevo. <laughs> You're my new daddy. <laughs> right. Wrap it up is all right. I can say. You know, safe sex, you know, unless you want to be a poppy, you know. Thank you so much, Rantes. Oh, yeah. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you. Yeah, Have thank a good day, Rantes. Thank you. Go, happy, good luck dating. You Sending you good dating, fairy dust. Man, dating's hard. I cannot imagine sitting down. There's, guess what I got? I got three, and they're from different parents. At least she was honest. I mean, At least she, she was honest. Just, yeah, real, she could have like... gone incognito. Well, we are coming up on the end of our show. Thank you so much for joining us. We talked about red flags. We talked about love and do you even pick who you fall in love with? And, you know, we had a caller say that, you know, love was out. Marriage was a contract. And, you know, then we, I think Ron Thez, who just called, you know, I think he might actually be open for the right one. He just got, you know, Delta a, a bad date, you know. So, thank you so much uh, for for all of your participation tonight. Tune in and call next week, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap with that. Well, this is Noelle Romero again with the Bad Dating Show. Thank you so much for everybody that called in. Thank you, co-hosts. You guys were absolutely wonderful. Um, we are gonna be on Wednesdays Fine. and Thursday nights, eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, call our toll-free number. 1-888-222-4380 call us with your bad date stories Wednesday and Thursday nights thank you so much this is Noel Romero signing off have a great night night y'all bye